All right, we're in First uh, John chapter 2, verse 18 today. And you guys, please show me some grace today. I'm trying new things out. I'm week five as like a, a lead pastor now. And so that's the moment where people tell me I can start just doing different things. So I'm like rocking a new mic. I got like a paper Bible and I wrote paper notes today because my computer made me mad last week. So I was like, I'm just going to write them. My handwriting's not great though. So man, as I like fumble through to try to figure this out, I appreciate you showing me some grace today, but uh, I'm excited to get into the word. First John's been such an awesome book to just go through so far. Uh, We're going to finish up chapter two today. And really John's theme through this first and second chapter is a fellowship with God and how we can grow closer to God and, and what's going to separate us from fellowship with God. And uh, today's no different. We're going to look at something else. We looked at last week, um, worldliness and how the things of this world are, um, I called them sin substitutes. And today we're going to kind of look at counterfeit Christs. It's going to get crazy. We're getting crazy up in here. Um, <clears throat> I just love how through this book, John just does such a great job of just clearly writing out the message and what his intentions are. We see he, he writes it over and over again. Little children, I've written this to you. And we see back in chapter one, verse four, he says, I've written to you that your joy may be full, that you may not sin because the darkness is passing away and true light is shining. They saw last week that your sins are forgiven, that you know him, that you have obedience. And today we're going to look at our verse as we finish up chapter two here and see it's no different. Um, Verse 26, we're going to see the point of John's message today. And it's these things I've written to you concerning those who tried to deceive you. That's the point of our message today. Deceivers. The fun one. How many of you guys have ever been deceived? I was deceived several times by my children yesterday on April Fool's Day. (laughs) It was crazy. They're getting pretty sneaky about stuff. I was just like, let's just, you know, all fun and games, but uh, let's make sure we know the truth here. Um, Yeah. Trying to draw mustaches on me. I was like, I already have a mustache. How does that even work? Like, what kind of prank is that? I don't know. We'll work on them. But the importance today is that we know the truth. False teachers were something that John was dealing with back then. And we've seen this over and over again. It's the whole reason he's writing this letter to the church of Ephesus is to alarm these people and let them know, hey, there's false teachers out there. And you got to be, you got to watch for them. You got to look out for what's going on. You have to be aware that this is out there and, and, and you can't fall for the, the tricks and the deception because they're sneaky. They're, they're good at, at what they do, which is false teaching. But it's important we know the truth and the truth that we can only find really through us having the Holy Spirit and the word of God, those two things together 
should be our compass for, for always looking in the direction of truth and should be able to divert us from, from getting caught up in, in, in what false teachers have to say. So we're going to read the passage and I'm just going to go through it kind of verse by verse here. <clears throat> says, verse 18, little children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard, the Antichrist is coming. Even now, many Antichrists have come by which we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that they had been made manifest, that none of them were of you. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and that there is no lie, that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar? But he who denies that Jesus is the Christ, he is the Antichrist who denies the Father and the Son. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father either. He who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. Therefore, let that abide in you, which, is, which you have heard from the beginning. If what you have heard from the beginning abides in you, you also will abide in the Son and in the Father and this is the promise that he has promised us eternal life. These things I've written to you concerning those who try and deceive you, but the anointing which you have received from him abides in you. And you do not need, uh, you do not need that anyone teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you all teaches you concerning all things, it is true. And it is not a lie. And just as it is taught you, you will abide in him. And now little children abide in him that when he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him and his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you will know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of him. A lot of take in this morning, but the message is pretty clear throughout it. <clears throat> and again, really sums it up pretty well in verse 26. I've written this to you as a warning that there's going to be people that, that come and try to deceive you. Um, and really the solution being in verse 20, I, I underline that in my Bible. It says, you have an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. <clears throat> and again, through that anointing being the Holy Spirit and the truth of the word of God that the Holy Spirit works through. And if false teachers were something John had an issue with and, and the first church had an issue with, uh, it's just gotten worse today. You guys think of false teachers. They, they come in many forms now in, uh, in our new world. And, uh, and if we're not careful, we're going to get derailed. We, we can get derailed and, and just get off track by, by the deceit of these false teachers. the advancements in, in technology, social media, the internet have, have made it easier than ever for uh, deceivers to spread their message. They don't even have to work for it anymore. They don't have to leave the, their desktop chair. It's crazy. <clears throat> How many of you guys fact check like everything? I'm not like a, 
conspiracy theorist, but like, we have to fact check everything. It drives my wife crazy because we'll be having a conversation and we'll hear something and I immediately open my phone and, and Google it. Like, it's just a habit of mine now. I have to just check to see what the sources I trust say on this. Because I just, I don't trust anything anymore. It's crazy. But that's the world we kind of live in. It's just, it's so easy for somebody to just say something and say, this is the truth. You going to believe it? <clears throat> I re you guys know what Air One Radio is? I don't even know if it's still like around here in the Northwest. Used to listen to it a lot before Spotify. Um, but I have them as uh, it's a page I follow on Facebook. And I noticed a couple of weeks ago that they had posted something that was like, uh, rest in peace, Arnold Schwarzenegger and his family. And I was just like, what? Arnold died? And, you know, Air One, it's a Christian radio station. I, f I figured they'd be a pretty good source for uh, <laughs> the truth. And, and, and again, my, like, obsessive ability to, to just Google everything. I just Googled Arnold Schwarzenegger dying, and it wasn't true. Found out somebody had hacked the Air One page. I think they still have. It's, <laughs> they're posting some really weird stuff on there. And, and Air One even came out and sent an email. It's like, yeah, we've been hacked. We don't know how to get our account back. But, but they just tell that story to go like, man, even the things that we trust, sometimes we just got to look at it and go, I'm not sure that that's really right. <clears throat> and lucky for us, we have a fact check system that's way better than Google or the internet or anything else. And you're going to hear me say it over and over again today. Um, but it's the thing that's going to deter us from, from falling for these false teachers, from falling for lies or deception. And it's the Holy Spirit and the Bible, you're, the word of God. Those two things together is, is our compass. <laughs> So as we break down this text, we're just going to go verse by verse this morning. We do it a little bit differently. That's just the theme of the morning. We're just doing things differently. Um, but three things that John's going to point out to say, hey, this is a warning and, and you need to be looking out for them. And it's that false teachers often leave the fellowship, leave the church. They deny the faith and, and they try to deceive the church, the faithful. And so... The first, uh, first point he's going to make here is he departs from the fellowship. And that's going to be verse 18 and 19 in our text. It says, little children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard, the Antichrist is coming. Even now, many Antichrists have come, by which we know that this is the last hour. <clears throat> I want you guys to just look, at, at least in my Bible anyway, I'm pretty sure this is standard across the board, but... The first time he says Antichrist, it's a capital A. The second time when he's saying Antichrist, it's a lowercase. And again, if we go back to our message last week, verse 17 says, the world's passing away. And so this is just an add-on. He's saying, we're in the last hour. The world's passing away. We're in the last hour, and we need to be careful. The Antichrist is coming. It's, it's, it's coming. It just is. 
I like that he says we're in the last hour. A lot of people criticize Christian pastors and everything when they, they say this is the last hour. And not that we know the last hour. Even Jesus doesn't know when that's going to be. But it's the idea of living like we're in the last hour. I think that's what John's trying to portray here is that we're in the, it doesn't matter if we're in the last hour or not. We need to pretend like it's the last hour and, and that we're ready for Jesus to come back anytime. And we're ready for the Antichrist to, to come. <clears throat> but this capital A Antichrist that's coming, that's going to be a person that comes and kind of uh, kicks off the start of the end times. See a lot about him in Second Thessalonians and Revelation. Uh, he's referred to as a beast. Second Thessalonians calls him uh, the man of sin and the son of perdition. The son of uh, perdition is just a word that means eternal damnation. Uh, this is not going to be a good guy. He's going to stand for every, the world's going to think he's great because he's going to stand for what the, the world is. Um, we're not going to think he's great. The opposite of Christ. And so John wants to make it clear that day's coming and, and, and maybe soon. And we need to live like it's coming soon. But he's warning between now and then there's going to be some, some copycat antichrists that come in the same spirit of wickedness as this antichrist that's coming. They're going to come with the same spirit. They're going to reject who Jesus is. Uh, and they're going to spread lies and, and it's not going to be of God. It's, it's not going to be the spirit of God. It's going to be the spirit of wickedness. Just like Christians, a word that means little Christs. That's kind of a word that means little antichrists. And so that's the warning today. He's warning about these false teachers. He's talking more about these these, uh, these people are going to come between now and, and the Antichrist, these little Antichrists. Verse 19 says, they went out from us, but they were not of us. If they had been of us, they would have continued with us, but they went out that they might be made manifest that none of them were of us. And that's the first message that John's telling us here is deceivers are, uh, they, they often come from the inside. They often spend a season in the church and physically they're here with us, but they're not a part of the body of God, but they can come close to us. They can come in for a season. And, and I think that's what makes them so dangerous. People that we can look at and, and grow close to a little bit and go, oh, he's a pretty cool guy until he starts speaking heresies. Um, but again, I like that he says, he's, if he was with us, he'd still be with us. And this isn't saying that people can't jump from church to church. The churches in world, Christian Bible-believing churches are old churches of God. And so what John's not saying here is like, if you jump from church to church, that's, you know, he's saying you're leaving the fellowship, the big fellowship, you're leaving the church. Now, I'm not saying that deceivers don't jump from church to church, 
Eventually, though, they'll run out of good Bible-believing churches. And here's the thing. They feel uncomfortable because they're not actually a part of the body of God. It says that. Had they really been with us, they would have continued with us. But none of them were actually with us. They don't fit in. Because in a good church, in a good church that believes the Bible is the truth, we're leaning on the truth of the word of God here. They, they just don't. If they're sitting here spewing lies uh, that aren't of God, we're going to see that. As a body of believers, we're going to see that. It's important. That's one reason why fellowship's so important in the church, right? Because when we get one-on-one with these people, we don't want to be deceived by them. But if we're a body... It's easier for us to have eyes on on somebody and go, that's not true. And we're going to call you out on it. And I think the big difference between a deceit, obviously, besides the truth, a a big way we can tell a deceiver in the, in the church body is uh, they uh, struggle to come under biblical correction as members of this church as of members of the church as believers of Jesus and the word of God, we should be able to receive biblical correction from, from a brother and sister who who's going to the word of God and saying, this is the truth. <clears throat> and that's often when their true colors come out, they can either stick around long enough to have somebody go, uh, I don't know if this is right. And we're going to call you out on it. And, and maybe it gets to the point where it's, you know, myself and Brad and Nick, it's our job as the elders of this church to, to shepherd you guys. God's picked us to be leaders of this church and to watch over you and to look for wolves in, in the congregation. And when that time comes and we sit down and lovingly have a conversation with them and go, Hey, can we just talk to you about some stuff that, that you've been saying or some of these things? Uh, they'll just run away because they know it's, you know, they're not going to get in here. So they either stay long enough to, uh, to receive biblical correction and then they, they end up leaving or, or they just know it's coming. They feel so uncomfortable in their own skin that, that they just end up leaving. And hey, that's awesome that they're just gonna leave sometimes. <laughs> you know, we don't want false teachers here. We want their heart to change. Come to church and have a changing, have the Holy Spirit fill you. Read the word of God and change if you're that way, man. We're not saying you're not welcome here. But the Bible just says you're just going to leave if, if, if you don't have the Holy Spirit in you and you're unwilling to receive that. If you're unwilling to receive that and, and you're just spewing lies and, and deceit, then it just says you're just going to kind of you're just going to kind of disappear. Which just makes our job easier. <clears throat> but we need to discern everything through the Bible. Have I said that already today? I love that we go verse by verse through the Bible. It's, it's one thing I've always looked for in a church. And, um, and I'm so glad that we're a church that teaches verse by verse through the Bible because we're going to get to some stuff 
um, that's going to be problematic to people. And it's not anything we came up with. We're just going through the Bible. The Bible is uh, perfectly offensive. I, somebody said that once and it's always stuck with me. The Bible's perfectly offensive on its own. Um, and not because God is offensive, not because Jesus is offensive, but because the spirit in you, the spirit of wickedness in you, uh, the worldliness you're holding on to thinks it's offensive. And God just wants you to change because God wants what's best for you. God loves you. Jesus loves you. And those people, they come and, and we get to these hard points and they either feel that conviction of the Holy Spirit or, or they just end up leaving. And, and that's fine. And, and we pray for you and you're always welcome back here. But uh, man, we're just always going to be a church that turns to this book for answers. I think about uh, Judas as an example of just a guy, how close he was. to He was a disciple. He was one of the twelve. And that dude betrayed Jesus. He was a deceiver. And think of how close that dude was to, to Jesus and, and to Jesus' inner circle. And he was part of the fellowship for a season. He ended up falling out of the fellowship. He ended up leaving. And if you can be one of Jesus' inner 12, then of course we're going to see deceivers come and go in the church. And, and Judas who sold out God for a little bit of silver is our, is our example is the point we can look at and just go, okay. Yeah. That's something we need to look out for these people that are going to come into our congregation and, uh, and maybe cause trouble for a season. But I like that. It says they're going to leave. We just need to make sure that we're not being dragged down with them when they decide to leave, that we're not following them. We're not follow, following for the, falling for their lies. Something they can just leave, just leave and, and don't take anybody with you. But that's why the fellowship with the whole body is important. <clears throat> Verse 20 uh, is going to start John's second kind of warning here. And it's that they deny the faith. Verse 20 says, but you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. These, these guys that John was dealing with, they were in the church. And their big claim was that they had exclusive knowledge. These guys called the Gnostics, they claimed to have special access to God, special abilities, um, and don't false teachers today kind of do the same thing? They just claim to know things we don't know. They claim things that aren't in the Bible. They claim, the Gnostics claim to be on a higher level of Christianity. What's that sound like? There's teachers out there right now that are claiming to have knowledge the rest of us don't. There's teachers out there right now sitting at pulpits in churches going, you can get into heaven by other means besides Jesus Christ. I'm kind of getting ahead of our scripture here. So I'm going to 
read uh, verse 21. I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it and that no lies of the truth. Who is a liar, but he who denies that Jesus is Christ. He is the antichrist. He is antichrist who denies the father and the son. Whoever denies the son does not have the father either. He acknowledges the son has the father also. Therefore, let that abide in you, which you've heard from the beginning. If you've heard from the beginning abides in you, but also will abide in the son and in the father. And this is the promise that he has promised us eternal life. And so these guys are going to come and they're going to deny Jesus. They're going to deny Jesus is the way to heaven. And that's coming in different forms. Again, we have to look at 2000 years ago. Still, the problem may look a little bit different today. But that's the big one right now. And it's really close to the same as what they were going for. There's different ways to heaven. Than, than having a relationship with Jesus Christ. And how false is that? And unfortunately, uh, the stats are showing that people are buying this load of lies that, that these, these people are selling. I read a recent poll that shows that 50% of Americans think that you can go to heaven just for being a generally good person. That's devastating. What a devastating statistic that 50% of our country has just bought a lie has just bought the lie that you can just walk on this earth and, and, and do a little bit of community service. And, you know, as long as you're not stealing things or you'll go to heaven and that's a lie. You have to have Jesus. You have to have that relationship with Jesus, but it's being taught. This is, there's this idea because these deceivers don't have the truth. Uh, we see Jesus was full grace and full truth, right? Jesus, that idea of a hundred percent grace and a hundred percent truth. When deceivers don't have the truth, they have to, they kind of have to rely on grace. I, and we call it the hyper grace movement. And again, I, man, I'm all about grace. I've sat on this pulpit and said, I'm going to always err on the side of grace because I think that's what we're called to be. I think that's what we're going to do, but there's got to be truth, right? These false teachers come in and, and, and with this movement of just hyper grace, hyper grace, hyper grace that, yeah, it's fine. Live in your sin, live in your sin. You don't need to repent for it. Jesus loves you anyway. And he does. Jesus does love you anyway, but Jesus also wants you to repent of that sin. But just that hyper grace without that truth is, is a dangerous thing, is a dangerous thing people are falling for all over the place. But this idea in verse 20 and 21 that there's knowledge being withheld from us is, is also just something made up by deceivers. It's pretty clear in verse 20 and 21. It says, you've got an anointing from the Holy One. You know all things. I've not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it. Saying you know all things and you know the truth. And the reason that we know that truth is because 
as Jesus followers, we've received the Holy Spirit in our lives. And we receive knowledge through the Holy Spirit. And again, the Holy Spirit working through the word of God is, is all we need to be able to combat this. But that requires us to be in our word, to know it, to practice it, to practice the righteousness that we're going to get to at the end of uh, chapter two here. But if you've received the spirit and you're searching the scriptures, you've got the truth. He's saying, I'm not writing to you because you don't know the truth. I'm writing to you to confirm that you have the truth. And just like I'm standing up here, I hope you guys aren't waiting for me to, to, to come up with some new revelation. I'm just reading the Bible and I'm just confirming some truths for you. That's why we come to church. We come to church to just confirm things that you guys should be doing at home. Don't rely on me. Don't rely on me for that. Don't put that on me. I'm a person, man. I, I, I'm going to mess up. It's, I'm bound to mess up. I already have messed up. I'm here to confirm the truth. And, uh, and it's important. You guys are searching the scriptures on your own. And, and discerning through the Holy Spirit, which is in you. I heard a pastor say once, if it's, I'm going to try to get this right. If it's new, it's not true. And if it's true, it's not new. Nothing in this book is changed in quite some time. And to come up with these new ideas or these new things is, is, is blasphemy. It's heretical and it's, it's not the truth. For coming up with new ideas of the Bible, it's, it's just not true. <clears throat> but verse 20 and 20, or 22, 23, it just says that false teachers are going to deny the nature between the father and the son. How do you deny the son and not the father? How silly is that? I'm going to read Colossians uh, 1, 15 through 18, if I can find it here. It says, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him, all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things and in him, all things consistent or consist. And he is the head of the body, the church who is in the beginning, the firstborn from the dead in the, that in all things, he may have preeminence. That wraps it up pretty good. It's simply not possible to deny the son and not the father. It's, it's, they're, they're one in the same. And this is because the son perfectly reflects who the father is. Jesus perfectly reflects God. And, and so to sit here and go, yeah, I don't know. I'm like, and, and this is another 
another trick of these false teachers. And it says it in, in our word this morning that this is what they're going to say. They're going to try to deny who Jesus is. They're going to try to deny the faith of Jesus. They're going to try to cheapen Jesus's message. Um, and don't we see that today in, in, in churches? Don't we see that in false teachers today that are, I've heard things as crazy as Jesus was a racist. What a load of baloney that is. But it's, that's, that's what's happening out there. And, and people are falling for it. But he goes on, verse 24, 25. <clears throat> he says that, that you, you've got these facts. You've known them since the beginning. You've heard the truth. You know the truth. And you need to abide in that truth. Don't forget it. It's crucial that you don't forget it. It's crucial that you continue to read the Bible. To pray for the Holy Spirit to move in you to discern these things and these false teachers. It's critical that you know the truth. And then I love that he just says, and there's a promise that comes with knowing the truth and having this relationship with God. And that promise is eternal life. When God lives in us, his promise lives in us of eternal life. And what an awesome thing to just fall, fall on today, to just lean on that promise of eternal life that, that we have with having a relationship with Jesus and knowing the truth and, and receiving that Holy Spirit and getting into our word. <clears throat> the last thing John wants us to know is that they're going to try to deceive us. Going back to just verse 26, where it says, these things I've written to you concerning those who try to deceive you. It's the whole reason for the message this morning. They're, there's people out there that are going to try to deceive you. They're not just denying Christ. If you're just denying Christ and, and, and you're, you're sitting in your house alone, man, what a terrible place to be. And, and we'll, we'll pray that you come to know the truth. Um, but these people are going a step further. They're trying to take people with them. They're trying to turn people from the actual truth and, uh, and deceive believers. Stand by, stand by. Ephesians. 5, 6, it says, let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. There's a clear message here that we can be deceived. We can be deceived. We can fall for the lies of the enemy. We can fall for this spirit of wickedness if we're not careful. <clears throat> But verse 27 says, the anointing which you have received from him abides in you. And again, talking about the Holy Spirit that abides in you. And you do not need anyone to teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things, and that is true and is not a lie. And just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. 
this word anointing that John keeps using, um, it's, it's a word that the Gnostics used. It's a word that these false teachers of John's time used. There's two words that they used a lot to, to try and sell their special experience that, that they were pushing on these people. And it was uh, the word knowledge and the word unction, uh, which is just a word that means anointing. These people claim to have this special anointing. And again, you look at our world and how many times have I seen just these people out in, in there go, I've got a special anointing for you this morning. The Bible says right here that that's not, again, I'm not, this isn't saying that we don't have spiritual gifts. Yeah, absolutely. We have spiritual gifts, but we don't have special anointings. It says we all have the same anointing. We all receive the Holy Spirit. And we all have the truth. He says, I teach you no new things. Jeremiah 31, 34 says, no more shall every man teach his neighbor and every man his brother saying, know the Lord for they shall know me from the least of them to the greatest of them, says the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity and their sin. I will remember no more. There's no special anointing, special anointing. We all have that knowledge. And it, it even says, again, you don't need teachers. You, you, you've got what you need right here. And again, I'm not, let's be careful not to use that as a cop out to just go, well, I guess I don't need to come to church anymore or go to Bible study anymore. Teachers can be helpful, right? It's not saying don't use teachers, find some good Bible-believing brothers and sisters, find some good Bible-believing pastors, but then also search the scriptures for yourself. Fall back on the Holy Spirit. They're your guide. And so we can use these teachers. I thank God for the pastors in my life that I can go to and, and help just confirm what I'm preparing for you guys. It's just a domino effect. I'm confirming from other pastors who've confirmed from other pastors who've confirmed from, but it all goes back to, we confirm and we discern through the word of Christ or through the word of God and, and through the Holy spirit. It's our compass. We wrap with verse 28 and 29 that just says, now little children abide in him that when he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him and at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of him. Again, another word John just loves to use is abide. And it's because we must recognize the importance of abiding in Christ. This is kind of his wrap on chapters one and two. And this whole message that he's been saying this whole time of the fellowship of God and how important that is. And you have to be abiding in Christ to obey the truth. If you abide in Christ, you're obeying the truth. You're believing the truth and you're loving others. That's the message throughout chapters one and two here. He talked about obeying he talked about believing the truth, what we're doing now, making sure we're not falling for false truths. 
And he talked about loving your brother and your sister. And if you find yourself in a place this morning where you're just something with your walk, something with your relationship with God just feels off. It's because you're, you're probably disobeying what the word of God is saying. It's because probably because you're full of bitterness or uh, you've got some unforgiveness with maybe a brother or sister in Christ, the body of God. So we got to get along with one another. We have to fellowship with one another. Maybe there's somebody here you got to forgive just like Jesus has forgiven you or love somebody just like Jesus loves you. Maybe they don't deserve it. We didn't either. Or maybe you've fallen for the, one of the lies or the deceit that we saw today. It can happen. We got to be careful. But you can fall right into this lie. <clears throat> you can be deceived. And, and, and those all affect our relationship with God. And as we just celebrate Palm Sunday and just this day that Jesus rides into Jerusalem on a donkey, fulfilling a prophecy, um, but also just people lining the streets, tearing their clothes off, laying them on the ground, shouting and celebrating, Jesus, Jesus, our Savior is here. Save us. I think it's a good spot for us to pause and just go, are we ready? Are we ready for Jesus to come back? Because it says right here, Jesus is coming back. It says, get ready for his return. It says, we need to have this so we have confidence that it's Jesus who's returning and that we're not ashamed. Imagine being ashamed when Jesus comes back. I always think of that line from Joe Dirt. Is where you want to be when Jesus comes back? I'm not condoning that movie by any means, but. Um, but Jesus is coming. And we can be people. Are we, are we living like it's the last hour? Are, are we living like Jesus could walk through that door right now? Are, and are we ready? And what better week than this week where Jesus is getting ready to do something for us? where Jesus is getting ready to, to conquer death and to give us the greatest gift of all time that we absolutely do not deserve of eternal life. Are, are we ready for, for, for Jesus's second coming where he's going to ride in on a white horse? Are we ready for that? Or are we going to be out there celebrating going, yes, Jesus is back. Are we going, man, I haven't really... I haven't really been a great Christian and I really just going to stand maybe a few rows back in the crowd and just, I hope, hope Jesus doesn't look at me. Cause it says, you know, that, that time's coming. And, uh, and I sure don't want to be ashamed uh, of the life I lived when Jesus comes back. But what better week than this week to get ready? Praise the Lord that we can just at any time, Decide, hey, you know what? I'm going to start living a life for Jesus. I'm going to start having that relationship. I'm going to start getting into my Bible more. Go home this week and read the gospel. One of them. Pick one. There's four. Pick one and, and read it as a family together. Remember what Jesus is about to do for us next week.
But let's be careful we're not falling for deceptions. And let's make sure we're, we're a church ready for Jesus' return. Let's make sure we're, we're a church ready at, at any time, any hour. Let's live like today's the last hour and Jesus is coming back.